You're listening to the Kicking the Balls podcast. All right. Hey, what's up? This is the Kicking the Balls podcast. I'm John. And I'm Charlie. And this is the Kicking the Balls podcast. And we are going to be talking about the National Independent Soccer Association. Just that for today. We'll talk about other soccer-related subjects in the past. In the, in the future. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So Let's start talking about players. So let's see. Charlie, you were looking at four different teams, yes, right? Yes. We, we each split it up. Um, we each took four different teams that we would talk about. I talked about... Chattanooga, Stumptown, 1904, and Oakland Roots. And And I was looking at Detroit City, Michigan Stars, uh, California United Strikers, and... uh, Michigan Stars. Michigan Stars, LA Force, DCFC, and... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. So, so were there any players that stuck out in your mind? Yeah. So for Chattanooga, probably had the most players that stuck out in my mind. You have Joao Costa, who won the Golden Boot in last year's NPSL Members Cup, in spite of the fact that uh, Chattanooga finished third in the league. He did finish with six goals in ten games, so he's... Somebody that I believe is going to be somebody to look out for on that team. But there are a lot of players that are returning on that squad. Especially Phil D'Amico, their goalkeeper from last year. As well as Cameron Woodfin and uh, Juan Hernandez, the last year's team captain in midfield. So Mm -hmm. they have a lot of um, chemistry built up from this past season. And I believe that they are probably going to be in the top four, if not the top two of this league uh, in the spring season. Because, um, you know, you have the Bill Elliott, their former coach, who's now their technical director. He's built this team in their image. He was the coach of a lot of these players when they were in college at West Florida. And he's also known a lot of these guys. Um, you know, by recruiting them and as well as recruiting a lot of players from around the South in uh, at Chattanooga FC. And they've done a really good job of putting together a, a team over the last decade. I mean, last year was their 10th anniversary. They still drew, you know, well over three, 4,000 fans most games. Oh, yeah. And they're still doing pretty well. It's just that, like, I think the only thing that kind of bit into them last year was the fact that it was, like, raining pretty much every game, aside from the Detroit City FC game for the uh, Members' Cup. And then there was a lot of rain during, like, the regular NPSL season as well. Yeah, they just got rain. They got buckets of rain, like, every game. Yeah. I, like, I don't feel like... Chattanooga Red Wolves from USL League One did much in terms of biting into them. 
I don't really feel like. No, I don't think, I, I think the, it seems like, you know, Chattanooga FC is really Chattanooga's team. Yeah. At least that's the impression that I get. I mean, that's what we're getting from Twitter. I went, well, my wife and I went down to Chattanooga for a preseason friendly and there was a big crowd there, you know, Detroit City versus Chattanooga. There was a big crowd of Chattanooga supporters there. So, I mean, it was full that night. Yeah, I I believe it. And uh, I've been to Chattanooga in the past myself and I think that uh, they have a great atmosphere there and the Chattahooligans have really been showing up they're almost as good as the Northern Guard <laughs> yeah almost boy you know I, I saw a clip of them it was uh, one I think it might have been that Michigan Stars game yeah the Stars game the Sheets of Rain I mean, like, and that was, like, just seemed like a kind of miserable day to be outside. And, like, you know, the the teams battled to a draw. Like, I think it was, like, a 1-1 draw or 2-2 draw. Something like that. I forget what the score was. It was a draw. I remember that. They had some disappointing results, but it's hard to say what was going wrong there. I I watched the highlights and... um, if I recall correctly, that was one of several games for the Stars where Makruva, their goalie, stood on his head to keep the ball out. Well, that's that. That's one thing about that. Makruva is just an amazing player. I wouldn't be surprised if the Stars wound up selling him on to another league. Yeah, you know, because he's because he's a guy who could be playing in Europe. He's that talent level i feel like well the thing with him is that like there's a bit of mystery about him so he played um for the zimbabwean national team in the african cup of nations about uh three years ago in 2017 yeah and I, I've, I've actually got that he was uh African national team in 2015. 2015 with at, at, at AFCON. Yeah. So, yeah. But with uh, Zimbabwe, he played in the South African Premier Soccer League, but wasn't able to get much playing time um, over there. And so he came to the U.S. And but he's been playing pro ball since he was 18. Yeah. Might have been 17. I don't know. But, yeah, he's – he, you know – I think maybe it might be one of those situations where it's counted against him that he's playing for a bit more, less of a, less visible of an African country like Zimbabwe, like that doesn't make the World Cup like, say, Ghana or Cote d'Ivoire or Senegal. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be why he hasn't been rated as highly compared to other prospects. But I would think that he'd be able to make it to at least like one of the lower European um, leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up playing in like the football league in England, even to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, he could be playing in England, I would think. Yeah. Um, So another team that I had to look at was Oakland Roots 
who made an announcement earlier today that they were signing Darwin Espinal as part of a loan deal from New York Cosmos. Okay. And Espinal played for Cosmos last season. He was the guy who scored against Detroit City FC in their 1-1 draw at Keyworth Stadium. Oh, yeah. And he gave their defense just absolute fits, especially with set pieces. And he's a, he's um, going to be very tough to defend from set pieces, whether they be corner kicks or free kicks. He is very good at putting the ball on the goal. Mm. And he's very good to challenge pretty much any keeper out there. Mm. I would not be surprised if he winds up at the very least contending for the golden boot okay. in the spring season. Um, so after him, there is, there is a lot of players who are coming from San Francisco city FC in USL league two. And I'm going to wager a guess that a lot of the players for Oakland roots that are on the team now are players that they couldn't get for some reason during uh, last year's NISA season. Oh, yeah. Who weren't available. They announced a lot of players early on, didn't they? Yes, they did. It seemed like they had their whole roster ready to go. Yeah. Like, I want to say like before in December sometime. Yeah, well, I think they wanted to be as prepared as possible. And also, they've been trying to put together the chemistry as much as they can. So that's why they've been snapping up so many players from San Francisco City. Yeah, they had kind of a disappointing season last year. They didn't win a single game in Nisa. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And another player I think that you're going to need to look out for from Oakland, in addition to Darwin Espinal, is uh, Wilfred Williams. Uh, former Detroit City FC and Des Moines Menace player who is a five foot seven uh, defender left back from or right back yeah right back from uh, Monrovia Liberia and uh, he has he played at Oakland University was all conference in the midcontinent. And I mean, the Horizon League. How old am I? <laughs> Mid-continent. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Uh, Wilfred Williams is somebody who's going to be an interesting player because he plays more of an old-fashioned style of fullback. He's not, like, he's not particularly tall. He's only, like, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, at most. But he's very good defensively. But he's not necessarily the best player attacking um, or going forward. Or at least he wasn't when he was with DCFC. Now, maybe he's had time to kind of refine his attacking skills more over the past year. But I haven't seen him, so I'm curious to see what, what he's capable of. Yeah, that'd be something to look out for. Yeah. Um... So, with Stumptown, the player that kind of stuck out, the the two players that stuck out the most to me are uh, Jalen Brown, who's another former New York Cosmo, who's signed up for at least the spring season, might be there for the entire spring and fall season, who was a midfielder, and I 
believe he played for the Cosmos back in 2018, so not last year. And he was with Stumptown and led the team in minutes. All right. And another player, and he also, he's, he's scored quite a few goals considering he's a midfielder. He's a very attack-minded midfielder. Another play, he was a first-round draft pick in the uh, MLS with New York City FC as well. And another player who uh, stood out to me was another former DCFC player in Ryan Peterson. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was, um, I believe, their second leading scorer after Yazid Matthews. Yeah. In uh, Members' Cup play. Yeah, they're really going to love him down there. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if they're going to have him in tandem with somebody or have him just as a lone striker up top. It's I don't know what their coach down there likes to run. Because I feel like he might be better off in like a 4-4-2 or 3-5-2, like a two-striker system like he was with DCFC with either Sean Lawson or Yazid Matthews. Yeah, I think it depends on the 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 coach's philosophy. Some guys like to have a real defensive lineup and just only throw one guy up front and then just have an extra guy in the midfield to clog things up in the midfield. I feel like, though, the thing with having him being all alone up top is that he's not necessarily the type of guy who usually is used to creating his own shot. He's used to getting the ball from the midfielder and then make like a couple of moves and then try and shoot. Yeah, and then you also when there's only the one guy up top, you can defend that guy and then that kind of shuts things down. Exactly. Which is probably where Jalen Brown's going to come in for Stumptown because like they're going to need him to be like that attack-minded midfielder for when Peterson gets covered. Mm-hmm. You know, and 1904 was the club I found the least amount of information for. They had all their players, but they had very little information on them. <laughs> However, I was able to find out bits and pieces of things. So they have won two preseason games, including one against a UPSL team. And they've uh, moved from San Diego Credit Union Stadium which is where the Padres play in Major League Baseball, to Lincoln High School, which is... Which I think is a good move for them because that stadium was just too big for that team. Also, I don't think that... Um, like They're not, they're not going to get scheduling... It was going to be really tough to get everything scheduled over at the Padres' ballpark. Yeah. With... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, and like this is going on during baseball season. So yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the one player who stood out through the preseason games is Brandon Zambrano. Mm-hmm. Um, he's scored in each of the two um, preseason games so far, and um, I believe that uh, 1904, the the San Diego, they're going to be an interesting case because you have a brand new USL team in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be seeing whether or not 
1904 fans are going to be whether or not that's going to like the USL is going to cut into them in the way that Chattanooga Red Wolves tried to cut into Chattanooga FC. Yeah. Well, you know, just from uh, games that I was watching last season, it seemed like they had pretty rabid fans down there in San Diego. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that helps them is that they're right across the border from Tijuana, Mexico. And that, you know, they're going to get, like, at least some fans who, whenever Tijuana's not playing or if they get kind of knocked around in Liga MX, they're going to, or if they just want additional soccer, they're going to come up to San Diego to see that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully the new stadium, even though it's smaller, it works out well. Because I think, you know, if you have a full stadium, it's always better to have a full stadium than an empty one, which they had a good crowd at the that, uh, I want to call it. SDCCU. But like, yeah, like it's not like that's. The old stadium was called Jack Murphy. Yeah. Then it was called, like, I think they moved to something called Patco Park. Uh-huh. And now it's called SDC. It's like the San Diego County Credit Union. Yeah. It's some other crazy corporate name. But it's just too big because, I mean, it seats, what, 50,000? Yes. And they had, like, what, four or 5,000 for a game, which is good for Division Three soccer, but... Yeah, that's it's just way it, too big. Yeah, it is. And plus, like, converting a baseball field to a soccer stadium can be a bit of a logistical nightmare because you have to cover up the baseball diamond, and then a lot of the seats wind up being too far away from the field yeah. uh, in a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your the teams you were looking at were DCFC, LA Force... Uh, you were also Cal with the United, United Strikers and Michigan, Michigan Stars. Stars. Um, the player that really stands out um, on Michigan Stars, I would say, is Tatenda Makruva, who's uh, he's had a stint playing for uh, the Zimbabwe national team, which I think he's the only capped player. In the league that I know of. No, Espinal's been capped by Honduras. Oh, okay. So All right. So that's a couple then. Uh, he's, he played for uh, um, Dynamos in Zimbabwe. He played for uh, um, Cape Town FC in South Africa. Yeah. And uh, build a... Buildcon FC in uh, Zambia, and also Michigan Stars. We saw him playing uh, with Michigan Stars against Detroit a couple times last season. Yeah, one of those times I wasn't actually at the game. I was in Edinburgh for a wedding. No, I was in Glasgow for a wedding. Well... I was in Detroit, <laughs> so I saw him play. <laughs> but I saw him he's, the second time. Yeah, yeah he's, he's an amazing keeper. I wouldn't be surprised if 
the Michigan Stars wound up uh, selling him on to, I don't know, maybe a European team, maybe Mexico, but definitely he could play somewhere in a level higher than Nisa, I would think. Yeah, I definitely am really kind of curious as to why he wound up in this level that would be interesting and then and in michigan so i mean I, I don't know how you get from there to here but I, obviously he did yeah we've got in detroit we've got tendai jadida who uh also went from zimbabwe to uh the u.s the so US. he played for the cincinnati dutch lions as in afc and arbor beforehand yeah and uh, in the NPSL, yeah, he is kind of like a hybrid of a left back and a center back. Like he was playing uh, midfield as well, I think. Yeah, so he's more of like a winger, and the way I've kind of described him in the past is, and I still kind of describe him is basically he's like Marcelo from Real Madrid, but without the shooting ability. Mm-hmm. And like he's he's very he's very fast. He has a lot of pace. He's very good at tracking back, and he's good at getting forward. He's just not the he's, best shooter. He's good at serving a guy up in the in the box, too. and that is crucial because yeah. of what the, the talent that they have up top in mm-hmm. Sean Lawson and potentially Yazid Matthews. Yeah. So Detroit. Um, what we know from them so far, they've got uh, in defense. They've got Steve Carroll and Kevin Venegas. Is that Venegas. right? Venegas. It's because it has a K in it. And Tendai. Those are the three defenders they've got so far. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Venegas. He played for uh, the Cosmos last season. He's also got uh, experience. Uh, with um, Minnesota United uh, in the NASL. And when they went to MLS, he played with them there. And he was also at uh, Indy 11. Yeah, in, in the USL. In yes. USL Championship. Yes. So, and like, I think that's where uh, Trevor James, their coach, that's where he uh, first encountered him was when he was at Indy, I believe. Could be it wrong would make that. sense. Yeah. Um, so. So they've got them. And then there's also Evans Frimpong. Um, who was, he joined uh, DCFC late last season. But uh, was an impressive add to the team late in the season. It, it seemed like he didn't get a lot of time. But when he was on the field, he was... He kind of felt like almost like a victory cigar in some of the games because he would come off the bench when they were in the lead and he'd basically be there to kind of just dribble the ball out as much as possible. Yeah, well, definitely the other team did not get to possess the ball much when he was on the field. Yeah. So so we've also got Bakey Goodman coming back. Um He's formerly with Pittsburgh Riverhounds, uh, played for Detroit City for a number of years, 
just a powerhouse in the midfield. Uh, George Chamakov and Cyrus Sadie also in the midfield. Yeah. Sadie's been with the team since the very beginning in yeah, 2012. He's the only player to play for City for the entire time. Yeah. And I believe Chamakov's the second longest serving player. Could on be. The team. Yes. Could be. Yeah. Um, so. And there's, well, the. Uh, Northern Guard supporters have their own roster of players that they've uh, that they've picked out. I'm not sure exactly how they figured it out, but they've everybody that they've listed has been announced so far. Not, there's still four other names that uh, hasn't haven't been announced that they have on their roster. One's Yazid Matthews which we know is coming back because he just scored a goal against Indy 11 yes. in a friendly. I also saw him at the uh, Detroit City FC tryouts a couple okay. weeks back. All right. Uh, they've got Roddy Green listed. Who I also saw at those those same tryouts. Okay. And then James Vaughn and Nate Steinwasher. The only one that I'm not sure if he's coming back is Nate. Yeah, because James Vaughn's picture was on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And that was where Northern Guard got the impression that he was back. I haven't seen any footage of him or any photos of him on the um, in, in any of the, the tweets that have been released other than that one. But uh, I don't believe I saw Nate Steinwasher in the Indy 11 footage that was uh, put online. All right. Uh, Cal United Strikers looks like they've got a lot of players coming back. They've got uh, Andy Contreras and James McGee, uh, Steve Barrera, uh, Beto Navarro, Omar Nuno, uh, Gustavo Villalobos. These are all real good players. Villalobos was a big player uh, in last year's team. Um, so Cal United, they um, were much more of like, I think like them and LA Force were kind of like teams that played very contrasting styles uh, last season, even though they were the two top teams in the West Coast for NISA last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like they kind of play with, uh, you know, kind of a counterattacking style. LA Force does. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Cal United are more the, the solidly attacking football, which was interesting when those two played each other, it wound up being a bit of a goal fest. Yeah. Yeah. It was because they like both teams kind of played to played up their opponent's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like because Cal United didn't have the strongest back line, they were able to wind up you know, being able to score, LA Force were able to score on the counter. And because um, Cal United had so much possession, they were able to wear down LA Force's defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I th- one thing that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing is because we've got Michigan Stars, Chattanooga FC, and Detroit City. They were all in Members' Cup last season. They weren't in NISA. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, Cal United 
and uh, Oakland, Stumptown, LA Force, and uh, San Diego. These teams have really not played each other that I know of. Yeah. So I'm. It'd be interesting to see how the Members Cup teams wind up playing against the NISA teams from last season. And in the first week, we get to see teams who've never played each other play each other. That's true. So why don't we move on to the games coming up? Because we've got this is... uh, we're recording this uh, February 19th, yeah. so it's nine days before the first game between LA Force FC and Detroit City FC. You got Stumptown versus 1904, and we've got Oakland versus Chattanooga, and Cal United versus Michigan Stars. We're going to make predictions, so we've got LA versus DCFC. Charlie, what's your prediction? So my prediction for now, at the very least, and this could change you know, probably between now and the first game, but for now it's going to be Detroit City FC 2 and LA Force 1. Okay, I'm predicting Detroit 3 and LA 1. So why do you think that they're going to score at least 3? Why do you think Detroit City is going to score at least 3? I, it looks like they might be setting up for that uh, 3-5-2 offense that they had in the first half of the season last year, and it was very effective. And they've got, uh, I, I just think they, they've got Yazid Matthews coming back. Um, they've got Sean Lawson, both really high-scoring players. And they've played together, too. And they've played oh, well yeah. in tandem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got Tendai and and uh, Carol. Yeah, and and Cyrus and uh, George and Bakey, and those are all really good players for setting up the the scorers. You know, I just I think that you're going to see a very productive team in LA. I guess I'm kind of dogging on them because I really haven't seen them. I, they haven't really tweeted anything out about what they're doing, so I, I really don't see what they've done personnel-wise. And I just got a feeling that, that uh, City's going to tear them up. So I think they're going to probably beat them 3-1. to one. I mean, I think that they'll win, but I, I think that they also – might not score more than two goals because they they will kind of like either kind of like just gradually wear them down like they did for much of Members Cup. You got to remember that Trevor James has always kind of approached soccer as a very defense-first sport. He's always preached that last year. And so like his his mantras like to hold on to possession and kind of wear the opposing team down. And I don't know whether that's going to result in more goals or less, but I do believe it is going to result in some victories. Yeah. So Stumptown versus 1904, I have that as a 1-1 draw. Okay, I've got that as a 2-2 draw. And I feel like the main reason why I have that down as that is because Stumptown is at home but I'm questioning whether they have more talent than 1904. 
and whether they are going to be able to put together enough of a, uh, if they're going to be able to beat them. And I don't really feel like I know as much about 1904 to solidly say that I think they're going to win. Yeah, well, we're not going to know about a lot of this stuff until after the first week's play, you know, because that'll be our first real look at these teams. Yeah. So for Oakland and Chattanooga, this is at Oakland at Laney Stadium. And I believe that Chattanooga is going to be able to come up with a 2-1 victory. Now, this is one where I have been back and forth about this a lot. I first had Chattanooga winning 3-2. Then I had it being a 2-2 draw. Then I had Oakland winning 3-2. And now I've got it down to Oakland losing 2-1 to Chattanooga. I believe Joao Costa is going to score at least once in this game. Mm-hmm. And I believe that one thing that may hold Oakland back is the fact that these guys, many of these guys have not played together mm-hmm. and they are still kind of putting the team together. I know that they've had a lot of these guys since December, but how many games, like they haven't played in any competitive games since, uh, since October. So I'm really questioning whether that's going to work out for them. But I do think Oakland will be competitive will be very competitive this year. I believe they'll be in the top half of the table. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I've got uh Chattanooga uh winning that game two to one. And like what do you think do you think why do you uh why do you think that? Well, just because Chattanooga, they're bringing back a lot of guys. and They're, they're a very talented team. And uh, I think they're going to bounce back because they, they had some rough games last year. I mean, in spite of being a talented team that they just, you know, I don't know, they... they a lot of... I think they were, they were unlucky a lot. And I think sometimes that it evens out and i think that they these guys have been used to playing with each other they know where they're going to be in oakland there's a lot of new guys so it's going to take some time for them to get gelled now by the end of the season i think oakland's going to be a lot more uh i don't know if i want to say lethal but i they're, they're going to be a lot better team by the end of the season when they're used to playing with each other yeah i, but agree. I think cfc there's enough guys there that you know, that know each other that, uh, I just, I just think CFC is going to win. Yeah. So we've got Kelly United strikers and the Michigan stars. And for that one, I have Kelly United winning one, nothing. And the main reason for that is I'm pretty confident that Cal United will score at least once, but I don't think they'll be able to score any more than that on Makaruva. And I believe he'll keep the stars in that game, but the the main can the main thing that that game is going to hinge on is whether or not they'll be able to turn the uh, the uh, chances that they have into goals, mm-hmm. which 
I don't have a ton of confidence in because they didn't score many goals last year. And even though they had a few really good performances, I feel like a lot of the time their success was really uh, hinged on uh, Makruva and how well he played and how well he was able to keep the ball out of the net. Another thing that about his game is that he can punt the ball three quarters down the pitch. He can go from box to box. Yeah, he's with pretty. A, with a yeah, he's got a easy. howitzer for a leg. <laughs> yeah, I've got Cal uh, Strikers winning that game two uh, one. Uh, basically, for the same reason. Although I think that uh, I. I, I don't ha- I don't have any confidence in the Stars' defense, and I, that's why I have them giving up two goals instead of one. Well, the thing about it is that, like, Cal United are probably going to get at least 60% of the possession in that game, from what I can tell, because they are keeping a lot of the same players from last season. Yeah. So yeah. I would expect them to get at least 60% of the possession in that one and I think it might be one of those ones where um, Makruva winds up just having to stand on his head to keep the keep the stars in the game just in general yeah okay well um, I think we're gonna cut this off pretty soon here and uh, just a couple things we are looking for some partners so if you're listening to this podcast and you think boy I'd like to chime in on some stuff uh, we would love to have, especially some people in other parts of the country, like California or down south. If you want to join us, just hit us up on Twitter. And, uh, and speaking of Twitter, you can get a hold of me at jfuzzyc on Twitter, or you can get the podcast at ballskicking, B-A-L-L-S-K-I-C-K-I-N. And you can get a hold of me, Charlie, at 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 C H A R L E S C L I N T O 17. All right. Have a good one. Good night, everybody. Don't need many words. If you got nothing to say.